Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, everybody. Today, Denise and I are going to be talking about this article I read a couple of weeks ago, and I could not stop thinking about it. And so I sent it to Denise and I said, I think we should do a show on this because I feel it's something that we empaths might struggle with. And the article was asking the question, are you too independent? And yes, I am the poster child for this article. I know. I think I might be too. And I think many of our listeners will be as well. So we're going to talk about what it means to be too independent. And I'm going to share the quiz that this article had included as well, so that you can decide through this test if you too are hyper independent. So I think independence is a wonderful trait. And I think it's some something that many empaths have kind of had to cultivate It can bring us inner strength and power when we realize, yes, we can do it all on our own. And being independent means you don't need anyone. So there's no chance of being let down or hurt or feeling obligated to others. Independence is really freeing in many ways because it shows the world that you've got this. You are an island unto yourself and that's okay. But is it? So these new studies that that some psychologists are doing on hyper-independence are now showing that when we rely only on ourselves, it can lead to feelings of sadness, burnout, and feeling overwhelmed. What do you think about that? I think that that is so relevant. And if we apply it to these times where there's been the isolation factor and people have had to become more reliant and independent, that adds to this as well. It's, it's very interesting to me about uh, being an island of yourself. I truly, I, I think some people, myself included, we're just, we came that way. We came with this hyper independence and sense of self. We, we've talked about this and laughed is if we, if I have to figure something out, I will YouTube the shit out of it to figure out how to do it over and over and over. And I'll look at the diagrams and the graphs. So stubborn and independent seem to walk hand in hand for some of us, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, just this weekend, I picked up my friend so we could run some errands together and she was all out of breath. And I said, how was your day? And she said, well, one of my friends from church isn't feeling so well. And so I called her and said, you know, is there a good night I could bring a meal by to help you out? And she said, actually, today would be a great day. (laughs) So my friend ran to the store and got the ingredients and made a meal and brought it over. And then she hops in my car to run errands. And I said, I don't mean to disparage your friend at all, because I think that's wonderful. You offered, she received. I said, but I just have to tell you, there is is no way in any existence of any dimension of the universe that I would have said yes, and how about right now? Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way? Same, exactly. And yet it bothers me that there's, there's no chance in hell that I would ever say yes to that. Like what, like what's wrong with me for not saying yes to that? You know, my kids were not feeling well a couple of weeks ago. And my friend Deb said, I know you're going to say no, do not say no. I'm making that soup you love and I'm bringing it by. Well, Deb has now moved an hour away. Do you think I'm going to make Deb get up, cook a soup and drive an hour to my house to bring it to me? 
What do you think I said to that? I, I would vote no, that you no. said no. <laughs> I said, no, just send me the recipe. I'll make it myself. So yeah, I think I am hyper independent. And, and I look at people who aren't hyper independent with just such curiosity and, and a little bit of envy. I think it would be kind of nice to feel that sense of, yeah, I do need help. And here's what you can do. Right. That's an excellent point, Samantha. It truly is. Would you have been able to, oh yes, please bring me some soup? No. I don't think I could. I know no. I could. No. Even when I was going through my breast cancer stuff years ago, so many friends would send me these sign up genius links for meals. And I was, I would email them back and I would say, thank you so much, but I'm, I'm good. Because just the thought of like all these people showing up at my house with meals, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like putting people out. Yes, exactly. And I think you made a really good point a few minutes ago is that being highly empathic and sensitive and highly independent, that's not always the easiest balance to keep. No, it is not. And in fact, some of the things they mentioned in this article is that hyper-independent people often see relying on others as a negative trait that implies neediness or weakness. Now, I don't know that I see that other people, like that friend saying, yes, I would like a meal and I'd like it today. I don't really see that as neediness or, or weakness. Do you? Oh, maybe a little bossy boots. Yeah, a little bossy, but... <laughs> I still think it's kind of, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool to be able to say, yes, that would be great. And here's when you can bring it. Oh, to have that, that sense of, of, um, I don't want to say confidence because that's not the right word, but just being able to say, I need this. I'd appreciate your help. Thank you so much. This would be great. And not worry. Is it an inconvenience? Is it because Deb would have brought you the soup and been happy to do it and done it as a dear friend and all those things, but it would have made you feel like shit for a long time, wouldn't it? Yes, absolutely. Now, I don't want to say I refuse all help. I mean, I had to have a dental procedure that required anesthesia and I asked my friend to drive me and, and wait and, and drive me home. Mm -hmm. And I was actually very relieved though, because a month later she had to have a colonoscopy. So I had to do the same thing for her. So there was balance. There was balance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that very independent people often need. But psychologist JMP DeJong says independence can be seen as part of the cultural value of individualism, where personal uniqueness, personal freedom, and self-sufficiency, having control over your own life is held in great esteem. So he's saying like in our society, being independent is seen as a really good thing. And so while society does applaud people who are self-reliant and holds them up as examples of hardworking, resourceful, successful individuals, being too independent, according to these recent studies, can actually leave you feeling alone, left out, and sad. Okay, so this is a really good point because I agree 100% with this. But then there's also, if you have like a, a more of a, a hermetic way of looking at life. Like you're so comfortable being alone, navigating the world by yourself and you have that. So it's no big secret. I'm a bit of a hermit. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think and you and I have chatted about this a lot that we're both so very comfortable with our own company and okay with that. If your girls are busy, you can be home in your own world and, and happy as a little lark. 
Totally. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy, I enjoy seeing my friends. I enjoy going out, but I enjoy being alone just as much. Right. So I think sometimes there's that line we step over with, if that's our default position, so to speak, that we, we are more of a loner or, or spend more time, you know, away from people or need that time to recharge our batteries. Doesn't it seem like that could also be a stepping stone into becoming hyper-independent in some respects? Definitely. Definitely. Where that becomes almost too comfortable. And I think a lot of people during the pandemic saw that, that they were like, oh, this is kind of nice. And so I think that's why we're seeing these studies. I read another article um, on the web that said uh, it was with Gail Wiener. And she says, ultra-independence can stem from trauma growing up possibly in a household where you had to take on a caregiver role to your siblings or parents or a home where your parents were distant, abusive, or narcissistic towards you or other members of the family. You watched or felt this abuse and promised yourself that you would never allow anyone to treat you or those around you in the same way. She also says traumatic breakups or heartache can make us not want to let anyone new in or the loss of a loved one can spur us to put up too many walls. It's a really good point. And it's also, I think a lot of empaths and a lot of our listeners are experiencing right now is we feel things so deeply at such a core level. And when you offer your heart to someone and it's rejected, sometimes I'll get this visual and I'll see if I'm doing a reading and I'll see someone with cleats on stepping on a heart, like they really pierce someone's heart with pain and heartache. It's a terrible image, isn't it? That is, but I mean... But it's true. Point, yeah, yeah. But that part about growing up, and we've we've again, at so many of us are so empathic. You know, the whole nature nurture. Did we come this way? Was it a learned behavior? But we've a lot of intuitives, a lot of people who are highly sensitive, learn that behavior from observing the dynamics in their family of origin to protect themselves. Yeah, I think that point was incredibly, incredibly well stated and, and important for all of us to pay attention to. I do too. She says hyper-independent people tend to be in charge of their families and are often the caretakers or the ones making all the decisions. Gail says we can become so used to doing everything ourselves, making all the decisions, paying our own bills, fixing all the issues that arise by ourselves without anyone's help, that asking for help becomes terrifying. Even admitting that we are not coping is something an ultra-independent person will never dream of admitting because that implies they need others to assist them, which is out of the question. Okay, so what's the next level above hyper? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think for those where they're the, the primary wage earner, they're a single parent, they're caretaking other members of their family outside of their nuclear family. It's a slow step. All of a sudden, you're, you're dead ass in the middle of it. I can relate to being a totally independent single parent. I did it for many, many years. And someone said to me, well, you don't party. You don't have any fun. You don't do this. Because if you're the person that has to be aware and cognizant, and if something happens, you have people depending on you to do it. Sometimes it's not always a choice with the independence. It's the circumstances that we've, we've landed in. Yeah, exactly. 
circumstances we've landed in through no fault of our own. And I think that's important for hyper-independent people to realize is this, this is not a, a blame game show here. You know, this is just a shining the mirror and, and just looking at some aspects of your life, because I don't think I'm hyper-independent in all areas of my life. And I don't think you are either. I think this is oh. diff- different areas. No, you think you are? Oh, I think I'm bad. I, <laughs> I, I really... No, it's, 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 I've joked and said, I'm stupidly stubborn. Like I will make an ass out of myself being stubborn about something, but, but the independence takes it to an even a deeper level than that. I do know that very often when I have tried to change that and ask for help, it usually blows up in my face. Like I'll give you a very minor example. I had to work all day at the office. And so I texted my girls because it was garbage day. So I said, Hey girls, hope you had a great day at school. When you get home, please take the garbage bins back. Do you remember me telling you this? Denise? Yes. Yeah, I do. So I get home from the office and I'm starting dinner and I go to take the garbage out and the garbage bins are full. Now they've been taken back, but they're full. So I go into the house and I said, uh, who took the garbage bins back? And my youngest says, I did. Right, mom. That's what she asked. Yes, honey. But, uh, you took them back before the garbage came and emptied them. so that's a small example but it's it illustrates i feel that every time i ask for help something like that happens that's so 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 vitally important in the sense of if we've become so self-reliant and independent and we finally lower that drawbridge and say okay i need some help could you please and someone either is unable or unwilling to step up and not in the case of your daughter, because God love her. She was trying to do the right thing. She's and, and <laughs> she's sweetie. She's just trying. Um, I got him. I did it. Uh, but so, but I think when people, we learn, if that happens enough times and becomes a repetitive pattern, that becomes the expectation. And it adds to that hyper independence because it's, well, it, I can ask, but nobody's going to show up anyway. So what the hell difference does it make? I have another example. Okay. So a friend of mine was listening to me complain about how much work I had to do. And she was like, oh, let me help you. Let me help you. So with every order, like if someone orders from my website, they get a little bag of free stuff just because I'm just grateful if anyone orders from my little Mm -hmm. store. So I make these um, little fortune cookies, these out of origami paper. And I put a little fortune in there. And when I do it, I, you know, you hole punch the circle, you cut out the fortune, and then I make the little fortune cookie shape and I paper clip them together uh-huh. for like a day or two. So it, you know, stays in that shape. And then I put them in the little bag with the free fortune cookie sticker. So I gave her a whole box of all of these. And I said, what would really help is if you could put these stickers on the bags and put these little fortune cookies in the back. Okay, okay. great. All right. Thank you. So she gives them back to me. They're all done beautifully, but the paperclip was still on the fortune cookies. So I had to open up every bag of like a hundred of these, pull out the fortune cookie, carefully take out the paperclip and then put it back in the bag. And I was like, forget (laughs) it. I'm not asking for help. (laughs) I mean, do you have an example like that when you're like, okay, I'm going to ask for help. And then kaboom. What about like if your dishwasher breaks, do you fix it yourself or do you call someone? I will do everything humanly possible to fix it myself. 
yeah, first, and then I'll call someone. But it takes me, I did, <laughs> see, this is how bad it is. I did stop short of, although I did watch a lot of videos and talk to a lot of people about it, I did hire someone to fix the roof on my barn. I did not climb up on the barn and try to fix the roof. Okay, that's good. Well, the reason why as the dishwasher, my dishwasher wasn't draining. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I'm a single woman now. I can do this. I don't need anyone. Nope, nope. So I YouTubed it. I ended up taking the dishwasher out of, I don't know, it's a little home and yeah. pulling the drain out. And I saw the problem. I fixed it. YouTube to the rescue. But yeah. when I put the dishwasher back, I don't know what I did, but I broke the whole damn thing. Oh, so I had to call a guy to come and basically I needed to buy a new dishwasher because I did something really wrong. I fixed the drain issue and created another issue. Okay. That's the universe telling you, girl, you need to sit down and call for help. Yes. Yes. I agree. In that article with uh, by Gail Wiener, she also says that hyper-independent people tend to attract codependent relationships because they are so good at taking charge and fixing other people's problems. She says, to an extent, ultra-independence becomes codependency on ourselves. We beat ourselves up if we cannot fix a situation or do all the things we need done ourselves. We become so hard on ourselves and expect to be superheroes all the time. This results in internal anger and disappointment, the same as we would get angry with someone in a codependent relationship. These emotions and demands on ourselves eventually lead to stress and burnout. And Denise, I thought, I never, I never considered that. Are you in a codependent relationship with yourself? It does make you think. It, it does. It really does. And that's so spot on with, we've done countless shows on this. We've had countless conversations about attracting codependence and how we were going back to what we said earlier, were we groomed for that? Is that in our family of origin or circumstances in their early life where we were those seeds planted so that we would think that was normal? I think that that's a really deep concept to think about with the codependence with ourselves. I do too. You know, I was at my mom's the other day and every time I go over there, I will always make her coffee for the next morning. So she just has to hit the button. Mm -hmm. And she was saying to me, oh, you're so good to me. Thank you for helping with this, this and that. And as I'm scooping out the coffee, I thought, oh, I have been doing that. When I was growing up, that was my job. Like what well, mm -hmm. was one of my nightly jobs. She would say, make the coffee for me in the morning. And I would scoop it and put it and set the little timer on the thing. I don't even drink coffee. And I started doing that when I was like 10. And I started mm -hmm. thinking about all the things I had to do as a kid to take, to help take care of my parents. And I thought, oh, here's the cycle. And so, yeah, I do think a lot of this stems in childhood and, and what we were taught. Um, but I do think at some point, you know, you've got to, you got to let that go and stop blaming that and, and look exactly. at, you know, yourself and the choices you're making now. Which goes along with the energy right now, here and now being present. We've been, we're still in this, this global upheaval and pandemic and everything else. And part of that, I truly think it's a, a catalyst to help us say, this isn't the way I want to live my life anymore. How can I shift some things to truly not keep 
repeating the same patterns or behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, you know, most of us empaths tend to be introverted, right? And so our default position is to not only be independent during times of stress, like you just described, but also to go within, to tuck in and have this like very compelling inner world where we can retreat. Which goes back to what we said a minute ago again of being introverts, being, well, you're saying introverts, but being hermits, being alone, being comfortable with our own space and time, that line, is it too much? Or is it just the way we are here to do this? Exactly. And and too much by whose definition too, right? Like if this were 300 years ago, Denise, you'd be a mystic. <laughs> People would come to you for, for prayer and healing requests. <laughs> We'd both be living in that little cottage on the edge of the village, right? <laughs> That's right. So the worst part of being too independent, according to all this research I read, is that you're often seen as pushing people away. So Dr. DeJong says one of the main factors linked to individual well-being, fulfillment, and happiness is helping others. It is core to being human. People who are highly independent may, however unintentionally, obstruct others from giving their help. Moreover, when help is being rejected, this may have its own negative effects on the person who wants to show their compassion. I had heard that years ago that, and you and I are both very, we give, we give, that's where we do our work because it's to be of service. And someone had said, but when you don't let someone give back to you, you're taking away that experience for them to enjoy giving as well. So I think a big part of what we're talking about is if you are ultra hyper crazy train independent, learning to receive and even if it's a tiny, tiny thing, tiny thing, it's it's going to be a, a step in the right direction to allowing someone else to feel what we feel when we give so much because it does. It, I love being of service. I love helping other people. So why would I want to take that away from someone else? You know, years ago on my other podcast, Psychic Teachers, we had a listener send us this story that has always stayed with me. Her son was in a wheelchair and she needed an, one of those new motorized fancy wheelchairs and she couldn't afford it. And so her church was doing a fundraiser to raise the money for the wheelchair. And so she's at home one day and this older gentleman rings her doorbell and said, I have the money, you know, for the wheelchair. I want to pay for all of it. And she was like, no, I can't. No, I, I can't accept that. She was thinking like everyone in her church would give like five, $10 and it would add up mm -hmm. and it would be enough. And he wanted to pay for the whole thing. And he explained to her that his wife had been in a similar situation and people had, you know, helped him. And he said he just wanted to, to pay it forward. And she was like, no, I, I can't accept this. And, you know, you need it for retirement. And no. And he said, would you deny me the gift of giving? Oh. And, and that phrase has always stayed with me, you know, because wow. that's when we say no to people, that's what we're doing. We're denying them the gift of being able to give. Like, listen to the way your energy lifted and raised when you talked about how much you love giving to other people. Like it makes you so happy mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right. When we say no to others offering the same thing, we're denying that beautiful uplifted feeling. Right. If the true goal 
is to become more united and compassionate as humanity. Those of us who are on the far end of the bell curve with independence need to start walking a little towards the middle. And those who are so dependent need to start walking a little towards the middle as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dr. Zhang says that collaboration, bonding, affiliation, belonging, building, and maintaining relationships, we all need and depend on this in our lives, even if some do so more than others. So that's that's the key is we are social creatures and we do need each other. And having that, that tendency to avoid that help According to all these studies, it is linked to high levels of unhappiness, uh, depression, and loneliness. Right. So should I share the quiz on our YouTube? I'd love it. Yes. All right. Let's see how we hit on this. Okay. Okay. Do you feel very little need for any kind of reassurance from other people? Uh, I would say yes. How about you? Yes, I would say. I mean, there are times where I really do love and appreciate reassurance. And let me tell you, you are the best cheerleader to have in someone's corner. You always <laughs> great at that. Well, I feel the same. Well, thank you. <laughs> you as well. <laughs> do, you, do you tend to make decisions on your own, even if you feel you would find some input or guidance from others helpful? Mm, well, yes. Yes. For you. yes okay. but, but then I will ask people's opinion. Well, I'll think about it. I'll write about it. I'll overanalyze it. I'll ask other people's opinions and I'll repeat the cycle, rinse and repeat on that one. And then eventually I'll just say, oh, F it and make a decision. That's me too. Yeah. I, I will okay. ask for input, but I'll, I tend doing, I, I usually end up doing what I want to do, what I feel I should mm-hmm. do. Do you often follow your own gut instinct rather than being led by others? Yes. All That's the time. Strong. Yes. Yeah. I do not like that whole follow mentality. Mm-mm. Do you, in fact, if someone tells me do something, I tend to do the opposite, just that little <laughs> inner rebellion. <laughs> do you feel little need to affiliate with others or be guided or helped by others? Hmm. Yes. Well, I like to but, affiliate but, oh. with others. Like I like to, I like to belong to groups and clubs, but I don't want to be guided by others. Okay. So how would this work in, you know, that's, I was thinking about if you're, uh, we're both voracious learners. We love to learn. We love to read. We love to explore different things and learn about new topics. So in a sense, we're being helped by others, but that's not what they're talking about, is it? I don't think so. Like, I like being part of a church community. I like being part of my book club. I love that I know all my neighbors. Like, I like affiliating with groups and community like that, but I don't but I'm not very good at being guided. Like, you know, I've said on the show many times, I'm a terrible Catholic. I don't follow any of the main stuff. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a good, I'm not big on the groups like committee work. When I worked in the schools was really. Oh, that's different. That's (laughs) come on. (laughs) We're not asking if you love to sit in meetings, but like, did you ever like to be part of an intuitive development circle or were you ever in a book club or. Anything like that? Uh, a long time ago. So I, I don't, I think maybe what I do it now is, is and again, we're in the middle of this isolation and cautiousness right. time. But I think that's, this goes back to introvert versus ambivert. And you, you, you're able to walk in both worlds. And I don't think I am quite as easily. Well, yeah, I definitely am an ambivert, but I, 
like, um, I don't know. I, so I, I go to my gym and I started going at the same time every day, which mm-hmm. meant I started meeting people, which meant I started having conversations, right? which I didn't like. I just want to go in there, do my workout and go home. So mm-hmm. then I started switching up the times I went to the gym. Do you ever do that? Like if you go to a store and you see the same clerk and then you have to have make the small talk and then you're like, oh, I don't know. Am I, am I alone there? No, no, you're not alone there. Yes. I just got a flash of, I used to stop for supplies on my way to work because we ran the commercial kitchen and it was always the same checkout lady with the same owl necklace in the store in the morning. And we'd talk about the owl necklace and we'd talk and about super the nice. <laughs> right. Nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah. I, no. yeah. I just tend no. to. Yeah. But, but you're right. If you're going to have that time, I'm here to work out. I just want to go in, do it and leave when you, when you add that social part in, but then to flip that, a lot of people go for the social part, that. not so much for the the workout. Right. Well, like I go to my book club for the social part, not for the books. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the situation, I guess, for me. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Do you often find yourself doing things on your own for whatever reason? Yeah. hundred percent. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like your own company when having to get things done? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But we're nailing this quiz, aren't we? (laughs) Do you like to be your own agent, your own boss? Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm. Do you dislike being told what to do? Heck yeah. Yes. And that seems to be getting worse. Yeah, same. Yep. I don't like being held to a schedule. Like I have to be here at this time. I I push against that too. Do you rather dislike having to ask for help from someone else? Yes. Yes. Is asking for help alien to you or does it make you feel quite uncomfortable? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Very much. So all of those are very accurate to being a little little more on the independent side. Mm Mm-hmm. So what the hell do we do about it? Okay. Well, here are some solutions that they mentioned. Start assigning smaller tasks to people, you know, like take the garbage bins back. That'll work for you. (laughs) (laughs) Learn to say no, avoid or run away from codependent people or energy vampires, connect to community, receive help when it's offered. Oh, here's a good one. Let go of the illusion of perfection. Mm. Practice trusting yourself and then trusting people. I think that's really important the way that is worded. Practice trusting yourself first and then trust other people. I have to say, I do trust myself, don't you? See, that's, I trust myself implicitly. That's why I'm independent because I know I can do right. it on the way out. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and I think this goes to if trusting other people. If that hasn't been your normal or you haven't had a lot of trustworthy people you could depend on, that's a biggie. That's a real biggie. Yeah, it is a real biggie. It's a real, I mean, all of these are, are big ones like connect to community during this pandemic time. That's, that's going to be tricky. Right. Right. Receive and help I, when it's offered. If you've refused help all these years, eventually people are going to give up offering it. Right. I, I had someone uh, that I used to work with 
and he and his wife, and they'd have these get-togethers and potlucks and events. And they, and he said, Denise, I'm going to invite you because we'd love to have you come, but I know you're not going to, and that's okay. We still think the world of you. And in years, years, they'd say, oh, we're having a thing. You want to come? I'd be like, mm, I don't And he said, nope, we're going to keep asking. Just know we understand. And I, I appreciated that so, so much because he knew it was out of my comfort zone. He knew I wasn't a social person, but still asking that person that might be on the fringe is still a very kind thing to do. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point because usually what happens is people take it personally. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have a member of our book club and she will only show up if it's at the home of someone she really, really knows. Right. Right. So there's, I think there's, I don't know, 12 of us that show up consistently, but there's like, yeah, but there's like 15 in the group. And so if she doesn't know that person, doesn't work with them, doesn't know anything about, you know, she just really won't come. And it's gotten Mm -hmm. to the point where like the book club is voted, like, should we exclude her now from the group tax when we pick the next book? And, and my, you know, my sister had to say, no, she's just very shy and this is what she's comfortable mm-hmm. with. And, you know, had to like explain it. And I was proud of my sister right. for doing that. Cause you know, she knows her much better than I do, but oftentimes when you have someone who is super independent, they're not seen as shy. They're seen as cold and aloof and people take that personally. Mm-hmm. So I think so, you're so- right. Always extend the invitation. Yes. And that's interesting about the shy connection because I was brutally shy for for many, many, many years of my life. So it's interesting to see that correlation is that you're just reverting back to what's comfortable in your internal compass when you become that hyper independent. So there's so many variables to this. Is it, you know, part of being a caretaker, being needing to be the caretaker, or having a narcissistic parent, or an abusive situation, or codependence. I think all of those are factors. And some of us, again, I am a fan of the bell curve, no matter how unpopular it may be. That's just human demographics. Some of us are going to be more on one extreme end than the other. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing I I think is important to point out. Everything becomes a habit after a while. Mm -hmm. And if you make this hyper-independence a habit, I think it's a very difficult one to break. And I think it's one that does lead to sadness and that loss of connection and community. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are people out there you know, who, who could act because you're, you're not a hermit. I mean, everyone, Denise has a lot of friends and it's very, very good. Oh yeah. I'm not like the crazy person out in the woods yet, but no, she's um, not like that at all. But no, I mean, but the, the, but being able to get in the RV and take off for quite a long time, completely by myself with no one else and drive thousands of miles, that takes a different level of independence for, especially with someone that's in act three then maybe comfortable for some folks. Oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I I can I can eat a meal by myself. I've mastered that. Okay. That's about it. I have another friend who takes one vacation a year by herself for like 4 days. Uh-huh. 
and I think she's phenomenal. I think you were beyond phenomenal. I couldn't do it. First of all, I'd fall asleep at the wheel in the RV after four (laughs) hours driving. I'm serious. It's bad. I zone out. It's not, it's not good. So I couldn't do that. Um, Secondly, I, I talk too much. I'd have to point, I'd, When I travel, I want to talk about everything I'm seeing and and people watching, and I want to share all of that. So that would be very hard for me. You're just embracing your inner Gemini on that one. Yes. Yes. So I think, I think that hyper-independence looks different for different people in different ways. It's not a one size Mm -hmm. fits all. And that's what you're saying with, with the bell curve, right? Yes. Yes. And, And I think though, if you're feeling that it does lead to depression or anxiety or loneliness or take a step towards all these beautiful solutions that you mentioned of maybe reaching out on a small level that to someone else it might like oh you you consider that reaching out if it feels that way to you that's all that matters if it's a big deal to ask someone to hold a package for you when you're struggling or to, it, it can be the most stupid inane thing, but if it matters to you and that's your step to kind of learning to trust or learning to open up to other folks, more power to you. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort to break this habit. And I think we have to be gentle with ourselves in the process, as you're saying, and I think we have to be open, honest, and communicative about it. Yes. You know, I, I mean, I'm kind of brutally honest in my life and, and I'll tell friends like tonight, I just really need to be alone and sit on the couch with the stack of books or my remote and go through Netflix. I just need to be on my own tonight instead of making up an excuse or saying, I got to drive the kids here or there. I just will say like, I need to be alone tonight. And, and that's, I don't know. I really, that came from the four agreements. That book helped me so much. Oh, I love that, that book. Love, love, love that book. Yes. Be authentic with your word. And so I think just admitting, you know, it's not you, it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if someone asks you to do something and you feel like you've said no too many times, I, I think it's important to be honest and just say, you know, I'm just kind of going through my little hermit stage right now. Please don't take it personally and and keep checking in. Mm-hmm. And uh, then yeah. when there are times that you want to do something, make plans and do it. Right. You know, but don't, oh, I have a friend who's very hyper-independent and she'll call me and say, I haven't seen you in a while. I would love to get together. And I'll say, that'd be great. What do you have in mind? Oh, whatever you have in mind. Well, I didn't initiate this. Does that, <laughs> does that ever annoy you? <laughs> That's funny. So what, what have you taken away from this? I think that um, it, it looking in the mirror a little bit about how what has become very habitual with the independence and genetically preconditioned to this tendency, there's always room for improvement and growth and lowering that drawbridge to find a way to let people back into your life. Yes. Very, very well said. Yes. And, and I have learned to be more explicit in my instructions. So now I will write <laughs> in my text to my kids, please return the empty bins to the back of the house. Mm-hmm. So, so they, they peek return. in. Yes. So they peek in and know to check. And I will call a plumber the next time my dishwasher breaks. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. 
Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this show and have learned something about yourself or maybe a friend you have who appears to be a little shy or aloof and is really just hyper independent like so many of us empaths. We hope you have a great, wonderful week filled with community and connection. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.